Hi, welcome to the Still Loading Podcast. Today, we have our friends Kaylees. What is up? We got Chuck. Let's go Tampa Bay. Oh, yeah. Chuck's a Tampa Bay fan. Yes. For the past, like, only six oh, months up. or something. I will leave this right now. <laughs> I'll just my mic and go. Oh, it's been just since Tom Brady came, huh? To the team? Or no? Yeah, he got his first jersey, a Brady jersey. I'm going to stop talking to mess this whole entire podcast up. Chuck is a diehard Tampa Bay fan. I'm just kidding. Okay. He's the most Tampa Bay I know. He then is only. Tampa Bay. Yeah. <laughs> Personally. And then we got Jake. Yo. Nice little intro. <laughs> uh, we're kind of like piggybacking off of uh, last week's episode. Um, just talking about pressures and anxieties and weight of the world on your shoulders and whatnot. Um. But I want to just talk about uh, how do we flip negative things into positive things, I guess, hmm. so to speak. Like, how do we have look at things in a light where um, we can always find the good in something? Because I think that's an important thought, and I think it's an important thing to um, kind of focus on. You know, I mean, the Bible says focus what uh, what is on uh, focus on what is true, noble, pure, and lovely, and good. And I think a lot of people don't see that, and we think there's maybe I've seen articles where it's like change your life or find your positive mentality in these three steps or in these five steps. And yeah, it, I don't, I don't know who that works for. Maybe it works for some people, but I find, I feel like the majority of people are like this, this has nothing to do with anything I got going on. So, um, why is that mentality? I guess not the greatest where it's like, you know, I, there's like the critical mind, which is a good thing to have. Very good to, to seize things for what they are. But then how can we kind of see it in a light that God would have us to see it? That's see it with the light that, hey, there's going to be something on the other side of this. Does that make sense? Yeah. Talk to me. Well, I'm just trying to think because I don't know. Maybe I'll tie this and maybe this will tie in or not. But it's kind of going to the to the point you're making of and maybe the main point is this, that we have to be able to see things the way God sees them, Mm. where we see things, like you said, very, as a matter of fact, this is what, right. Mm -hmm. And I'm reminded of this. Do you remember when Jesus is telling his disciples and they're, I forget exactly the whole thing, but he basically says, he's like, you guys are sitting here, sitting here saying there's four months until harvest. Right. And he goes, but look around like the harvest, the fields are Mm -hmm. ripe. Mm -hmm. And he's saying, look at all the people. Right. And so what he's saying is like, you guys think you're in a waiting period. I'm saying, right. I'm saying there's plenty of going on, but the point I'm trying to make is that he, he did see in an, kind of in this nuanced manner that wasn't so matter of fact, he saw things through the lens of God, which obviously is easier for him than for us. But, mm-hmm. but to take your situation and how can we apply how would God look at this situation? How does God see where I'm at? Because he does see where you're at, yeah. but what is he looking at versus what are you looking at? You know what I mean? No, yeah, absolutely. And I think on top of that, one thing that came to my mind when I was reading through this is uh, when Jesus tells Philip, like, hey, come up, come with me. And he goes and tells Nathaniel, uh, hey, dude, Jesus is here. Like, the Christ is here. And he's like, dude, what good can come from Nazareth? Because mm-hmm. he says, Jesus... Uh, the Christ from Nazareth is here. It's like, what good could come from Nazareth, bro? That place is lame. That place is like run down. The social uh, status of it is very low. The economics class of it is very low. And he's just immediately thinking, dude, there's seriously nothing good that could come from there. And the whole a lot a lot of people thought that too. And yet, the greatest thing, the greatest human being, the greatest God, like ever, came from Nazareth. And I think the Bible is kind of just full of moments like that where it's sharing something where it looks like, dude, this is done. Nothing can come from this at all. This is the worst thing ever. And yet something I think fruitful always comes from that. I think sometimes like some of the biggest moments of like our lives come after like a heartbreak or um, not necessarily heartbreak, but like from pain in a way, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like we get in those ruts, we get in those valleys where we feel like there's nothing that can come from this. And then time and time again, God pulls us out of certain situations. Mm -hmm. Not even, I don't, let me rephrase that. He doesn't pull us out of certain, certain situations, but he helps us. He guides us through those certain situations. Mm -hmm. This is kind of a tangent, but just like with what that was like said right there, I think so many times, 
times when we get in ruts and we get in valleys, we ask God to get us out of them. And mm-hmm. that's not like that's not what God's going to do. Mm-hmm. God's yeah. going to help us through them. God's going to be on our side through those moments and through those hard times. And I think so many times and and. I can even speak to this for a little bit. It's like when God doesn't pull us out of those certain situations, we tend to look at God and say, well, God must not be real because he didn't fix this overnight Mm -hmm. or he didn't give me step-by-step directions going Mm -hmm. back to that idea of steps. Mm -hmm. Um, how of how to get out of this and like that's not how god works like you mm-hmm. look at pretty much any situation it's like the one of my favorite stories is when peter walks on water um and as jesus walks out to them they're in the middle of a storm in the middle of this like chaos and jesus walks up and he he talks to them before ever calming the storm like they're mm-hmm. in the middle of it with jesus <laughs> yeah. you know and that's just a, a perfect picture for all of our lives if we're struggling if we're going through something like that jesus is there and he's helping us along the way mm-hmm. but he's not going to calm that storm just immediately like that because we ask yeah and i think do you, oh no i think we have such like a finite view of life mm-hmm. and we see this one thing and yeah, we get upset when it doesn't happen overnight. And when you're talking, it sparked this thought in my mind where God has you there for a reason, Mm -hmm. right? And we tend to look at the before and after of everything. Like I was here. Yeah. I want to get to here. And we tend to just throw out the whole middle, the whole meat, you know, all the meat. We tend to throw it out. The the most important part of the story, most important part of, uh, your life, we we want to just get from point A to point B, thinking that it's going to take one step and we're there. Yeah, and yeah, you're totally right. You look around, just how the earth is built and how things in nature work. How we come into this earth as little babies that take years to finally grow. Mm-hmm. You plant a seed; it's not going to be a tree for till years down the line. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be the best it can be till years down the line. Even animals come to the world as just babies, and they're not going to be fully f- developed till years down the line. It's like everything; our world is just like kind of a picture of, I think, God's character, and especially, um, it's a picture of how we should be living life, thinking like. This isn't going to happen overnight. Mm-hmm. The best thing and the fruit comes after time. Yeah. Yeah, I, that is such a really great way to look at it, that gradual, mm-hmm. gradual growth and change. And I think an idea I've always kind of <laughs> struggled with, with this idea of um, negative mindsets and, and trying to flip your situation is, you know, the the contrast between staying in the moment and being present versus mm-hmm. um, thinking long-term or, or knowing like God's plan long-term. Cause I think, you know, you should take, be present every day, take, take each day as they come live in that moment. But it's also important to remember that the timing of everything that like you were saying, Charlie, things, things take time mm-hmm. and stuff. So this, this struggle of, taking things day by day, but also keeping the future in mind and knowing Mm. things aren't going to last forever if we're in a tougher situation or a circumstance. So I don't know. That's always a balance I've had a Mm -hmm. hard time striking Mm -hmm. is this mentality of, okay, I'm here where I am now, but also looking towards the future. Mm. I don't know. That's something I've had a hard time with. No, and just like the weight. We talked about that last week too. I think it matters like how much weight you attach to that future. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's because... The Bible, of course, says uh, just worry about today because it has enough worries of its own, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And some people think, like, don't ever plan anything. <laughs> like, oh, God. It's yeah. okay. And I think it's more so, like, you have tasks that you're doing today that are prepping you for the future, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. But it brings it to the today. And I think that's what we get. Um, wrong is that we aren't living in the today understanding that what we do will gradually get us there and instead we put that weight more on the future like it needs to look like this and then it just gives us anxiety and stresses that make us you know what i'm not gonna write that report or i'm not gonna write that message today (laughs) because i'm stressed out i'm just gonna watch netflix you know what i mean it's funny because like what you guys were talking about right now is just like what what is god showing you in the middle of all that i I don't know if this is weird but i'm like when i go through ruts or whether i go through like relationship problems whatever it is i'm i i kind of get excited because i'm like 
what's God going to show me in this? Like when this, when this passes, what am I going to learn from it? And mm-hmm. it's like, I, I don't want to say I look forward to hard times because no one looks forward to hard times, but like I look forward to what is God showing me um, mm-hmm. in those moments. And it, it gives it even light to like a dark situation where it's like, no, there's something good going to come from this. Mm-hmm. When I think there's definitely a maturity in that too, that comes as the more mm-hmm. hard times we go through it and the more refined God's making us as we get older. Um, because <laughs> I just remember being, what you were saying just made me think of like high school and, and breaking up with a boyfriend <laughs> and just that utter desperation, <laughs> depression. <laughs> this is the worst ever and I'm never going to get married and never, my life is over, you know, and I think we've all had a moment like that oh, yeah. in mm-hmm. our lives. I've definitely had several. And it's not until, you know, you go through these things and God's molding you and working you through these uh, situations and, and this pain um, to where I think you get to that point of, okay, you know, you hit a relationship rut or, or you hit a, a, a conflict um, and you're able to say, to look at it without this like sense of despair and instead mm-hmm. this this like okay yeah exactly okay what can i learn from this what is god trying to teach me through this mm-hmm. and i think a lot of that just takes time as we've been talking about gradual yeah doesn't that just that mentality that mindset doesn't come mm-hmm. i wish it came overnight mm-hmm. i wish i learned that earlier on but <laughs> and it's weird because we live like in a culture that everything's overnight though yeah. oh absolutely it's like uh to the point and i don't know who this example will reach hopefully people but there's actual companies now and it's great it's amazing but it's basically you have like a you need to make social graphics you need to make videos whatever it may be and before it was like well we need to bust out the windows computer like the whole (laughs) and figure this out and get a camcorder and now it's like oh we just pay this service that's monthly and it gets done yeah (laughs) Like you could have everything at your fingertips instantly. And that's just like a minute example of the overall picture. There's fast food, there's overnight shipping, um, there's microwaves, there's, you could heat up a lasagna in a couple hours. You know, there's all those things that you have it instantly. It's like, you don't have to work very much if you don't want to. And I'm not saying any of those things are terrible or awful, but we live in this culture that is super everything's at your fingertips yeah. well then you start to expect it in every other area of your yeah. life if you have it in certain areas <clears throat> then that kind of spreads out into every other aspect yeah no that's huge I've, I've found myself in certain moments of my life like where you guys are saying it's like you have everything at the tip of like at the thing at your fingertips and I'm like, I like having it right then and there. It's perfect. And especially when I I started dating my wife now, um, there were certain moments and certain situations that it was going to take time to get through or to to take time to learn. And when it didn't happen fast, (laughs) oh my gosh, that was, uh, it it was difficult Uh to say the least. And I think like you were saying, it's just we can find ourselves in a lot more problems because of that same mindset that we carry into every situation of our lives Mm -hmm. but it's just our generation (laughs) more importantly probably the next generation that's coming yeah because they're the one like i mean they've done the studies it's like this is generation z is the first generation to have fun like something technology wise like at their fingertips where they can learn anything they want since they were a like a young kid Uh you know it's like for us we had flip phones and that was like maybe if you were lucky in Uh junior high Uh like i got mine in like in 10th grade i think and I was, the, I was, I was heated, dude, because everybody had a phone. I was about to say that's a long time. I got mine in like seventh because I started having to walk to school. That's fair though. Yeah, yeah. I didn't get it till I was like in tenth grade, and I was hurt. <laughs> <laughs> but like, doesn't matter now because like back then, phones I like, couldn't. In comparison, they couldn't uh-huh. do anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for real. You could like, like play a couple games of Snake and then play. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Before uh, you get caught up by the teacher. Yeah, and, they take it. Yeah. But now it's like, dude. Yeah, I don't know, man. I just think what you guys are saying, it's like we're breeding a culture in our in our own lives and ourselves that really isn't going to be helpful for the majority of our own lives. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're getting too used to it. And in fact, we're demanding it. Mm-hmm. And when those areas that you're talking about that it's not compatible, overnight's not compatible with, mm-hmm. then what, you know? Mm-hmm. Like that's not a good, as much as it is a good thing, it's not a good thing mm-hmm. at all. 
You know, it's funny. And this is just like going off of that. It's just because it just jogged my memory. Because I remember as a kid growing up, I was like, anything I wanted an answer to, it was like, I went to my dad. And mm. I was like, dad, what is this like this? And you ever have your parents just get mad at you? Like you ask why? And they're like, I, I don't know. Just stop talking to me. Because uh, um, I said. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But, and it made me start thinking right now. I was like, I wonder, because I, being uh, as a youth pastor, like seeing students and seeing some broken relationships they have with their families, I wonder if some of it is because like, instead of going to their parents for certain issues or going to their parents for certain answers, they just go to YouTube. And there's that disconnect from their parents and having that kind of a relationship. Mm -hmm. And I mean, if there's anyone listening right now, like that has kids and that's going into that, like that realm, it's like, I wonder if that's something we should watch out for. I'm not saying I have a kid on the way or anything, but I'm saying like that could be something that we should be watching out for. I don't know. It's just a thought that dropped into my mind. Well, I think that's absolutely true. Mm. And I think even like just the majority of people in America, and I'm sure in other countries too, but something like sex, they Mm -hmm. learn sex from watching porn. Yeah. That's, That's their version of sex. That's what they think it is. Yeah. And that's um, something that's near and dear to my heart. That's why that first popped up to me. But there's other simplicities, I'm sure, uh, that kids create that disconnect, not on purpose, but like just having all these things at their fingertips. It it does create kind of like that uh, little barrier between them and their parents because it's like, oh, I could just turn to this yeah, uh, rather than talk to my pops or talk to my mom. And it's important to like create those relationships I'm sure um with your kids where they feel comfortable like hey come to me mm-hmm. if you have any kind of question or about whatever it may be you know and <clears throat> that's like the dark the yeah. darker side of things you know <laughs> yeah. but like I said there's probably other, so many other simplicities it's like that it's just taking away completely you know well this is a little tangential but since we're on this topic I think it's so important especially as Christians to not make topics taboo yeah. because then when you start to get older and you see you meet these things with your friends and not in like maybe with a parent parental yeah. discretion everything and then you can just get steered set down such a wrong path because the church is is makes it you know scary to talk yeah. about or it's, mm-hmm. it's really bad someone or something else open the door exactly like, yeah. i'd rather open the door and be there and walk through it with you yeah no 100 percent, and just make things you know approachable for mm-hmm. people and, and not you're going yeah. to hell if you're yeah gonna, mm-hmm. <laughs> if you do yeah. xyz but have an honest like frank discussion about why we don't do certain things or why things aren't healthy for us or, mm-hmm. or why these sins are the way that they are because there's a reason behind them yeah. You know, God just doesn't tell us, don't do drugs because I said so. Uh-huh. But, there, you know, you, your health is important, your mm-hmm. mind, your relationships yeah. with people, it's all affected mm-hmm. by these things we consume or these things that we do. Mm. Yeah, that's like a, the because I said so works when, worked for me when I was younger. Then when I got older, I was like, <laughs> what? <Yeah. laughs> I'm going to figure it out for myself. Yeah, like, yeah. because yeah. you said so, like, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but it doesn't talk about like all. Yeah, I guess the good things that come or the healthy parts of certain things that God wants us to stay away from. And I was talking to Phil the other day, and it's hilarious that we see these these certain things that in the, the new covenant obviously brings us back to like the heart. That's like, and I know that's something that you're big on. It always comes back to. Because God, Jesus came, sacrificed his life for us. So that way it's like, dude, all these rules, it's impossible to follow. But he also takes it a step further because he's like, what's your intentions though? Like, what's mm-hmm. your motivation? Totally. And we were talking mm-hmm. about it. And it's so funny to see that, like, the things that you don't want to follow or go through with, like, but you know, it's like, this is the right way. God wants me to do this. And when you start doing those things, it's like, life feels a little bit better and life's getting better. And mm-hmm. and it's like, but yet we still just want to go the other way, the opposite direction. And even though when we put these things that God wants us to do into practice, life seems better. Yeah. That's how it is for me. I could, maybe I'm tripping, but I think that's kind of how it goes. Yeah. Well, it, oh, go ahead. Dude. No, it's all you. I was going to say that inclination just comes from pain. You know, mm-hmm. it comes from finding ways to cope with yourself, to cope with, uh, your childhood or trauma or whatever it is like literally just to cope with yourself that you're like if you feel for even for a moment 
out of control or like you know whatever you feel you're starting to feel for me that's one of the things it's like i don't like to feel i avoid feeling mm-hmm. at all costs uh-huh. so when i do it's like i scramble and i'm like okay nope nope not gonna uh-huh. do this and i gotta either get busy or do something uh-huh. um but all of us have our own thing and so that's why we have this inclination it's not because you're an awful well maybe you are an awful person but <laughs> we're all off yeah that's what i mean like yeah. all of us are yeah we are terrible people but we're all terrible people yeah um and the beauty is that if you go off course like god's there to just kind of bring you right back <laughs> you're, right. you're okay you're okay just a simple yes. like chest move like eh, yeah and he's way. saying and that's a good point you said because what he's saying is it's like i'm not saying don't do this because i said so i'm saying i'm gonna bring you back here because i care enough to watch you walk life on an easier uh less stress path on a better on path. a fulfilled path yeah. Yeah. right that's all and we take it as god doesn't want me to do that <laughs> But I think that that goes back to the whole idea of like how at times we can take a look at and look at God and we can picture God as our father figure in our life. And that's where we kind of get those like skewed looks at God because it's like, well, our parents said, oh, you don't do that just because I said you didn't do that. Mm -hmm. And so they hear maybe from somebody like, oh, you just don't do that. And they have that in their mind, like God doesn't want me to do this because it's going to be bad for me or I'm going to go to hell for doing that. And then we walk our whole entire like almost adult life thinking like that, not understanding truly what the real reason is behind all of that. And it can be just a, a... a really messed up thing and it's a scary thing really for us that walk with that Cause i'm sure there's things in my life that i'm like i just don't do that because i, I shouldn't do that mm-hmm. and it's because i've been told not to do it instead of understanding mm-hmm. why i shouldn't do that mm-hmm. yeah our first view of who god is whether you have christian parents or not is your parents you yep. know what i mean because they are the authority figure they are like the sovereign people in your household <laughs> you know they, yep. they rule over that house you know what i mean and so, yeah, it creates all these uh, weird things and weird views of God and parents say this. So you kind of just grow up thinking that's how it is. And I don't know, it's just a whole mess. And oh, then you yeah. come into adulthood and you realize it's not so much that way. Or maybe it, it just reaffirms like what your parents instilled in you, you know? Yeah. And you're just like, oh, man, I, I see that now. <laughs> Dude, there's been so many times I've been like. Okay, that's what you guys meant. Like, <laughs> ah, I see, I see. Okay. How do we even get on this topic, by the way? Um, <laughs> Somehow we, we got to kids and parents. We yeah. went on a real deep rabbit hole right now. Yeah, I'm about it, though. Yeah, I, I like, like it, too. Um. <laughs> Let's just throw these notes out and keep talking. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you know it's good. <laughs> I guess uh, we could kind of tie it because it's (laughs) talking about this in one of these questions is the importance of, I guess, disconnecting from the virtual world in the sense of there's so much media and so much uh, that comes at us that we don't know what to do with it, for one, and it just amps up our anxiety, our stress. And I think it gives us a lot of weight in our lives that we weren't necessarily meant to take. And so that definitely uh, affects our mentality in our everyday life. And so let's talk about that. Let's talk about how, because we started off by saying, how can we have like that mentality to see the good, even though things are going um, wrong. And I, but I think the social media, the news flow of information kind of, if we're not careful, just feels that fire of like, oh my gosh, this is the worst. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Whether it be comparison because of social media or the the news is like, oh my gosh, they said this. I can't believe this. What's going to happen? What's going on? And so, yeah, let's just talk about that. I think that part of it is just, again, for me, it's like another way for me to keep busy so I don't have to think about the things I probably should be thinking about or dealing with, right? Mm. I can just stay busy. It's always something for me to do right yeah. there, you know? Men- like mentally busy. Yeah, yeah, mm. exactly. And I think a lot of people do that. And in turn, what you have is a bunch of people who haven't dealt with themselves. And, <laughs> you know, and those people are becoming parents and those people are becoming Oof. husbands and wives. And I'm saying that because that's me, you know? <laughs> uh, From experience? Yeah, <laughs> yes, dude. Um and so it's really dangerous. Like, yeah, the flow of information is, yeah, it, could, it could be good 
No, it's pretty bad for the most part, but... <laughs> I think just the amount. The amount, like yeah. How, yeah, yeah. We're talking about how much is at our fingertips. It's like, that's crazy. Yeah. It's more than our brains could handle. And yeah, we try to shove it all in there and somehow hold it together. And we can't. But my point that I was trying to make for me personally was more of like the, uh, it's too easy for me to distract from the things I need to be doing. Yeah. I shouldn't say doing because that sounds like task oriented. I'm talking about the things I should be thinking or feeling, you know? Mm-hmm. I Absolutely. Think, yeah. Yeah, I totally agree and i it's i think it's so easy to focus on i'm just gonna say like washington dc for example like what the people there are doing Mm -hmm. and saying and all the big things so we don't have to think Mm -hmm. about our own lives and it's such a good like like okay i'm gonna disconnect because i'm just like either doing something i shouldn't be doing Mm -hmm. or just you know i'm not really like growing right now so i'm just not gonna think about that i'm just gonna focus on other people instead yeah. and get angry about that i was gonna say but how backwards is that it's like i, I just know. need i just need a minute for myself to relax turn on the news four people dead but blah, blah, blah. it's like oh finally a little break yeah seriously right because it's not about you yeah if you're if you're looking at so then you don't have to think about yourself that's, you're like oh these other people's problems yeah, yeah. i'm just laughing because that's so true dude yeah it's crazy I like a break oh, dead at the right i need a break to Portland's burning to the ground. Yeah. It's like, oh, <laughs> Lord. I need a break to go insane. You know what I mean? Exactly. I need a break to get upset. Like, let me get upset so I could have my break. I had a long day. Let me turn this on. Yeah. Like, Dude. And I think I talked about it, too. Um, at the pop-up, I think not only for ourselves, like, we completely dismiss everything going on within our personal lives and the things we, the ways we need to be growing in. But more importantly, like you talked about, Jesus said, like, the field is ripe for harvesting. Mm -hmm. This is great. And when we do that, we get so invested in things that that are happening all over the world, which it's fine to care. It's fine to be informed. Like, that's not what I'm saying. But we get so invested in that that we completely miss the people who are all around us. Yeah. And we completely miss, like, those who are in our own backyard who are hurting, you know, and those who Mm -hmm. are... Uh, our neighbor that it's like, oh, frick, they're not going to make rent this this month. Like, okay, how can I help? But we don't even get to those conversations, right? Because we're trapped in our bubble that's giving us a um, viewing on the whole entire world, but not around us, Yeah, not the people around us. I think um, <clears throat> what's super important if we're going to consume media and news it's kind of what you were talking earlier about, Jake, is is the intention behind it. Um, like you were saying, Dylan, I think it is super important to be informed on what's going on and, and up to date with current events and being aware of what's going on around us. I know I've definitely been <laughs> watched the news and been more invested in politics this past year than I ever have in my the, entire the life. The whole world has yeah. been. Seriously, right? And not knowing anything about it before to suddenly knowing all these different <laughs> things. But, you know, I think there can be good in that in the sense of, okay, what are, you know, what are major issues that's going on right now? And how can I relate that to the people around me? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think, um, something that I just really love and this guy I follow, he handles things with such grace, but he always likes to just bring it back to like a case by case thing because, and by case by case, I mean, if there's something crazy happening in the world or this social media influencer is doing whatever, it's that's not necessarily affecting you and maybe not even necessarily affecting the people around you. So it's like case by case. It's like, hey, this person's here right now, right in front of me. What am I doing to build this relationship? What am I doing to have a heart for the hurting and all, all those things in our lives? It's like case by case. And I think... One of the most important things that I've learned is that I can't make the whole world my world, you know, if that makes sense. And when Jesus said, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, I don't think it was him saying, if you don't go to every single nation into the world before you die, you didn't do your job. Because I think what he meant is just the people who are around you in your lifetime and maybe you go out of your way a lot for other people as well who maybe aren't in your bubble. But I think that's Jesus telling people to be like, hey, go meet uh, the people who are around you. Um, preach the gospel to them. Feed them. Clothe them. Uh, talk with them. 
uh, those things. And he's not going to be upset if I don't do an, a nationwide and countrywide tour proclaiming the name of Jesus, you yeah. know? And I think a lot of times, though, and especially, like you said, everybody's so invested so heavily into politics now that we really are just making the whole entire world our world. Like, everything that's going on is my world. And back to what we said when we first started the whole media conversation is we were not meant to handle the entire world's pressures on our shoulders. That's one of the things I was going to say earlier is there used to be the argument of like social media is really good (laughs) and really bad. And I think we're crossing a point to where social media, if in the life of the Christian, I should say, well, no, really for most people, if they want to take a look at it, where the bad starting to outweigh the good. If people are, if we're honest with ourselves, um, and we look at all aspects, because like, exactly like you said, it's like we won't need to focus over here. It's like God saying, "I'm not upset that you didn't make it down to Africa or to Russia. I'm upset that you were at America's tires and those guys were you were already there mm-hmm. and you didn't say hi or you didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. You were already there. Yeah, you know what I mean. But <laughs> the thing about that is now it's like. As soon as I'm by myself or I have a minute, it's boom, phone. And mm-hmm. I don't know who's around me. I don't care. The hard part is this, is that it kind of takes a collective effort for that to be a thing, for that to even be effective. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? For what to be effective? Well, it takes uh, people. It takes, how do I say this? It takes multiple people to be willing to tune out and to tune into each other. Because I can put this down and stare at everybody else on their phone you know i can do that that's one Mm -hmm. thing but to me my point i'm trying to make is that this is where the bad is outweighing the good is that we're kind of eliminating the even possibility for a lot of people to engage with each other on a Mm -hmm. face-to-face person-to-person thing Mm -hmm. and my point is i don't know how to reconcile that Mm -hmm. if you can reconcile that yeah because even like uh if you're waiting at America's tires or if you're somewhere just there alone, but there's people around you, your first inclination, yeah, you're right, is to mm-hmm. pull out your phone, which immediately disengages you from what's going on around you. And that's kind of crazy because before it was like, oh, you smile at the person in line next to you, mm-hmm. spark up a conversation. And there's that happens still with me, yeah. few mm-hmm. and far in between though. And yeah, I'm guilty of... I'm alone. I'm going to look busy on my phone. Yeah, like, I can't sure. look like a dork. Yeah, like, <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's like, who cares? Why do I care about that stuff, you know? And I'm not going to lie. Uh, the past, maybe it's coming out of COVID when I had COVID because I was just sitting there all the time. Oh, my gosh. I got so addicted to uh, Instagram. Mm-hmm. Like, I couldn't put it down for mm-hmm. real. Just scrolling to the ends of the earth you know what i mean and so even outside of that like i've noticed the past couple weeks it's like why do i i'm picking up my phone and looking at what i've looked at already for two hours you know and uh even me and destiny got into like a little fight where she's like i feel like you're just disconnected you're just disengaged and i'm like Mm -hmm. it didn't hit me in that moment but the next day i was thinking i was like I think I'm super disengaged right now with what's going on around me because um, when I'm not working or doing something, writing a message, a podcast, whatever it may be, it, like my mind is what's on Instagram. I'm going to pull up my phone. What's cracking? It's when you're not busy. You yeah, need, you exactly. You need something else to distract you so you don't think or feel about the things you should probably think or feel about. Yes. Exactly. It's nine out of ten times that's the case for everybody. Yeah. But people just need to be honest with themselves. <laughs> It hurts me. <laughs> it's bad, dude. It's really bad. It is bad. <clears throat> and it definitely is a collective effort, though. Yeah. But I think at the same time, it starts with one person. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I, and I think whether it's like you're at a Starbucks or, or wherever you're at, um, it just takes you maybe just like, hey, leave your phone mm-hmm. in the car. Just go in normal, get what you need to get. But just, you don't even have it on your on you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And the same thing, too, when it comes, like, we were talking about, and, and Jake said, it's like, um, social media right now kind of seems like a lot of the bads outweighing the good. And I agree with it, but I also think that we, us as individuals, we have the ability to see what we see and when we want to see it. And mm-hmm. I think depending on who you're following, who you're up to date with, who you subscribe to. It's like, 
if we're out there and we're subscribing or we're following these people that we know is just going to be negative or we know it's going to be something that's going to bring us down, it's like, why are we following them? Mm -hmm. Why do we have that on our feed? Why do we have that on our to-do or to-watch list? It's like, if you really want to see your mood change, you really want to see your attitude change, it's like, watch what you're consuming Mm -hmm. and watch how, watch what you're actually following. Mm Because it's like, at the end of the day, it's like, we want to have that positive lifestyle. We want to have that positive mindset. It's like, follow those that are like-minded, follow those that post Mm -hmm. those things that's going to give you that positive mindset. can I argue with you for a second? Let's do it. Because I think the point I was trying mm-hmm. to make is that you're going to be more encur- encouraged or willing to have a life, better lifestyle by having the face-to-face conversation with somebody that's going to uplift you and encourage you. No, I agree. Where I think a lot of people like resort to the YouTube or resort to this instead of resorting to a friend or yeah. resorting to that person. But I agree with you. I do agree with you. I follow. I'm, I mean, I'm still on social media, yeah. so I don't, can't think it's that bad. But no, yeah, I get you 100%. <laughs> I think the idea is if we are going to consume something, then consume responsibly. Exactly. Yeah. In, ter- uh, <laughs> in terms of all areas. responsibly. <laughs> no, but with social media, I remember over, like right when the pandemic first started in quarantine, and that's when I was like in the throes of <laughs> social Everybody media. Everybody was. Oh my gosh. Oh, and just yeah. so many more bad days than not. And I think, I don't, it was just this, uh, one day I was just a switch of like, why am I, following these people just making me so unhappy i'm just Mm -hmm. it's making me so anxious Mm -hmm. i'm comparing my lives i'm not at this point and so literally the mute and the uh hide buttons on instagram are my favorite features (laughs) it's like you don't have to go through that awkward like unfollow thing you just mute and then but it's that idea of you know whatever's pure whatever's lovely whatever think of those things put yourself in that headspace and not something that's constantly bringing you down yeah and it was just like that silly little example of Instagram but it really did it was like once I wasn't seeing it it was out of sight out of mind yep you know and it changed my whole mindset and I was much more positive and it's it's crazy how seeing a picture or seeing a small clip can literally change your day and bring you zero to 60 Mm -hmm. you're super happy and then all of a sudden you see something that upsets you and Mm -hmm. then your whole day is ruined yeah I think that's what kind of blows my mind when it comes to social media is how quickly our mood can change based on something that we just see for half Mm -hmm. a second. Yeah. Yeah, And dude, I seriously believe it goes back to just like the case by case thing, because you Mm -hmm. see it on Instagram. That's their life. That's Mm -hmm. their story. That's what's happening in there. But like you said, you mute it out of sight, out of mind. And you look around what's happening in the real world around you. Yeah it's completely different and your thinking is completely different and it's almost as if oh man this is great this is fantastic like what was i tripping on right now you know and talking with a friend and having those actual conversations but when you bring the whole world and everybody's story into your the palm of your hand it's like oh my gosh it's all like this mm-hmm. where everybody has their life put together or everybody hates Jesus or whatever it may be. And then, like I said, you just take a little stroll through the neighborhood and you're like, Oh, Mm -hmm. those people are cool. Those people are cool. Like life's kind of (laughs) chilling right now. Yeah. Well, and I, it's so, I don't know. It's so interesting to me that we get this image of who we think God is based exactly on, on what we're consuming it when we see all of these negative things. And I think it connotates to this idea of, God, why are you letting bad things happen? Mm-hmm, why mm-hmm. why are these like terrible situations going on? Why are there terrible people around? Because that's all we're seeing. And like you said, when you, when you go outside and see people and see the world around you and, and see nature, I think that's such a much more accurate representation of who God is, that, that neighborly love, that, mm-hmm. you know, seeing a bird fly through the air that's freaking amazing (laughs) but that's so much more of a picture of of god's true character than i think we're just fed these false ideas of Mm. who god is i know i have been so many times before same Mm-hmm. I, I think one thing too, and we were talking about it, like just like this whole idea of like the world and in, in, in social media. I think one thing, and I, I'm looking at it more on an influencer side right now. It's like, the, I think one of the biggest reasons why we forget like who's in our own backyard or who's our own neighbor is because we get so fixated on this idea of reaching the world 
and mm-hmm. we think on our social media platforms that we can reach the world, which, hey, you can, it's the power of social media, but then we forget where God's placed us. And mm-hmm. when we forget where God's placed us, it's like the, the famous saying, I, I'm, maybe it's a Bible verse, I don't think it is, but it's like, how is God going to trust you with millions if you don't take care of the hundreds? Or how is God going to trust you with hundreds if you're not going to be able to take care of the tens? And, and I remember holding on to that so much, especially like starting off in ministry. It's like where I'm at, where God's placed me, that's who I need to shepherd. That's who the mm-hmm. flock God's entrusted me with. And just like holding on to that mindset when it comes to social media as well, it's like just push that off to the side and care for those that are around you, care for those that you do come in contact with. Mm-hmm. I heard a, I heard it said like this. He said, because like the question I would ask you then is who's the world, mm. right? You're the world. You're the world. Mm. You're the world. I'm the world. Ben's the world. And if I were to ch- speak into your life, and speak grace and speak love and preach to you and you then become a follower of Christ did you not change the world mm. right if I changed your world I changed the world because everybody's in their own world yeah mm-hmm. and I thought that was a great way to look at it because some of us most people think like you're saying is like of quantity yeah like this mm. church needs to be at <laughs> least 10,000 people I need to have at least as many followers quantity 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 and like how like irrelevant is that really in the scheme of things, you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. And that's why the the analogy of, of Jesus leaving the flock of 99 for the one, yes. I think it's one of the most powerful to me in the Bible and the one that gets me the most. It's this idea of, you know, I have all these messes, but it's like Jesus cares for each of us individually, not just whether we get to, you know, 10,000 in the church or yeah. whether we have, we're know this many people or how much money we have. Like, no, there's no contingencies to that like god cares for each of us individually on a personal level Mm -hmm. that's i talked to we talked about this at our bible study on thursdays which you guys should show up um dylan goes anyways uh we talked about this idea that like god isn't blessing av church he doesn't love av Mm -hmm. church he loves Dylan, who's Mm -hmm. at av church and he loves charlie and he loves kaylee's he loves ben who's at av church and it's not a matter of like he's blessing us all as only as a group it's like no he is so in love with the individuals and they all happen to be in the same place and we get that confused sometimes i think in the western church i should say and we think that if there's 10 people that god's love's not there it's like what are you talking Mm -hmm. about Mm -hmm. it's like god has never said i love this building this building that building this many people only this many people only it's like it's one person Mm -hmm. that's you and that's me you know yeah i love that idea yeah and just like that concept of God cares for you more than anyone on like mm-hmm. around, but that mm-hmm. like same concept applies to everybody in everybody. the entire world. It's like, huh? Mm-hmm. It's crazy. It's like how? How does he do it? But I think along that same note <clears throat> that you were talking about, Kaylee, I think, and this could be a stretch. I don't know, but <laughs> when I was looking through this and thinking through it, I thought of when Jesus healed the man at the pool of uh, Bethesda. Bethesda. Yeah that he healed the one dude and there's tons of sick people there tons of people can't walk blind all of that and he just picks the one and like i said it could be a stretch but i feel like jesus was kind of leading by example for his disciples that it's like hey this is the one today like you said this is the person whose world i'm changing today Mm -hmm. and i think when we go around with the notion of everything's got to be bigger it's got to be more 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 it's like gonna burn yourself out you know yeah you're gonna drive yourself insane and eventually get to the point like i talked about earlier where you just give up and watch netflix for the day yeah well yeah because you're gonna call yourself a failure if you didn't save 40 people that day yeah that's not a failure and and, and i think too it goes back to the whole idea of social media because it's like do you fall straight into that comparison act where it's like this person helped this many people today and it's like i only got to talk or help one person today Mm -hmm. it's like I'm a failure. Uh It's like, no, 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 no. Like we're going back. It's like, no, God loves that person just as much as God loves those other 40 people. And it's Mm -hmm. like you doing your part today. Like that's huge. And Mm -hmm. that's something to be celebrated about. And I think so many times we, we don't celebrate those victories or we don't celebrate those wins because in our own mind, we think it's so small when we compare it to somebody else. And I think that's where we really can find ourselves in a dark place because we're not, we don't think we're doing enough. Mm -hmm. I don't know. No, that's a, I think everybody goes through that though. Yeah. And I feel like that's just like a subject on, on its own because 
we yeah we always want more or it needs to look this certain way or um i'll use destiny as an example she's starting a cna program and it's not an rn program it's not an lvn program either you know it's like before all those things and if we all say we're in that same situation and we looked at it as like this isn't a full thing though mm. like this isn't how the big program that gets me to the mm. big bucks that gets me this it's like you're not even going to finish the cna program yeah. then you're not going to get through that first step that yeah. god will, totally needs us to go through because he'll refine you he'll grow you he'll walk alongside you and i think peter is a good example of that he thought he was the the straight mm-hmm. up guy he thought he was the man you know and then he denies jesus <laughs> three times <laughs> but he he was just ready to fight ready to go right and then he's like hey doesn't that guy know jesus mm-hmm. nah nope what are you talking about bro <laughs> never met her yeah <laughs> yeah exactly and i think i think that's what happens though we've seen time and time again and even in my own life when so much is entrusted to you in any aspect of life relationally being a leader um when you get married at a young age you know what i mean yeah. uh, we see it consistently that when too much is thrusted upon you and you try to make it look how it needs to look right off the bat it doesn't necessarily end up in the greatest spot or it just doesn't work out in general mm-hmm. and i think it's just healthy to understand it's like hey we got to go through the grit we got to go through the mud we got to go through like the lower parts and god is going to walk alongside us and get us to where he needs us to be yeah, yeah. instead of where we want to be you um, know when it's all those little it's all those things we go through and those mistakes we made in in that refinery process like you mentioned that ultimately leads us to this end destination where we need to be i don't know when you were mentioning peter it just came to my head like can you imagine if if he hadn't denied jesus in that moment what potentially the church would have looked like Mm. being built on him later in terms of if he hadn't made that mistake then and learned from that mistake and gone through that process, that trial, that that moment of conflict. And then imagine if he hadn't gone through it then, but then had gone through it later when he was ahead of the church. I don't know yeah. if this example no, is making much it, sense. It, yeah, it does. Yeah, but if, if he had denied Jesus as the head of the church instead, think of the consequences that would have mm-hmm. had. But he had to do it, it. Yeah. 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 He when had it, to do it at the timing that he did it. Yeah. Interesting. That just goes back to God knowing all things. And there's exactly. Plan, you know? Well, and that's what I'm saying. It's that God's plan for our lives. Like he uses these moments and he uses all parts of our lives. He doesn't just pick the parts of our, of our lives that he wants to use to grow us. He uses every single aspect of it. Every mistake we've made, every relationship we have, every good thing that mm, we've done, yeah. good decision we've done. And it all, the 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 parts equate to the sum. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, that makes absolute sense. Like that's um it's a similar just story in my life in general when I was 22, I was rising up in like leadership very fast, like very very fast. I was talented at what I did, which usually when this mm-hmm. stuff happens it's like the individual's talented. But the backstory of what they got going on is not good, <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean? And the same thing happened where I got struck down because I think God had something bigger for me, but he needed me to change in order to bestow that upon me, hmm. in order to, to let me walk forward on that path that he had for me, because I was trying to like cut the lock to get through, you know, like I'm getting through how, however I want. And he's like, mm, nah, you're not ready. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then boom, I, because I wasn't ready, I made mistakes that definitely put me at a place of humility and was like, okay, God, like, I need, <laughs> I need you. Like, I'm not going to rely on myself anymore. But ultimately, it led me to greater things to where now I'm at a point in my life where the mistakes that I've had in the past, I won't make those again. And it's I'm just in a better place, like, mentally and spiritually, you know? Yeah. Well, and it's the same with relationships, too. I think all of us in this room can say with our significant others, we wouldn't be... Um, married or engaged with them if it hadn't been for past 
mistakes made in past relationships mm -hmm. that made us learn from them or relationships that ended that ultimately led us to where we are with our significant others now mm -hmm. i think about that all the time like if i had stayed in this relationship or if i hadn't gone through this period of trial and i think this goes back to what we were talking about beginning then we wouldn't be i wouldn't be married to jeremy now yeah. and you think about you know what i think you can get <laughs> right and i think you can get caught up in that for sure and just you know think of all the things like what the what if yeah but it, i i'm more so saying reflecting on the past seeing you're such a proponent of the scene where you are now learning mm -hmm. from it, but never going back to it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I love like yeah. know where you came from, but don't exactly. relive it. I was oh, trying to I remember the phrasing used and I just butchered <laughs> it, but yes. <laughs> no, you, you did good. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess we could just close with this. Um, something I want to read is Psalm 146 uh, and it's verses three through four. It says, put not your trust in princes in a son of man, which is basically like in human beings, uh, in whom there is no salvation. When his breath departs, he returns to earth on that very day, his plans perish. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I think we're putting as Christians and people in general, we're putting so much faith in these human beings around us or in these certain pastors or in these certain political figures so much so that it's like they're replacing God. They're replacing Jesus on the throne of our hearts because it's like my attention has been given more to this than it has to Jesus. And obviously anything that's fighting for attention with Jesus in your life is obviously something that's like, Whoa, I need to rethink this. Yeah. I need to figure out what's going on here. And so I just want to close and ask, like, how can we stop having these ridiculous, unrealistic expectations in these people, in people around us and start focusing um, on Jesus and start focusing on what he would do? Because more, more often than not, though, the things that we're passionate about and the things that we care about, like God will bring us into those places to have those tough conversations, to have um, meaningful conversations in with what our passions are, you know, because the, the closer we draw to God, the closer we draw to our purpose and our passion. So how can we live that out though? How can we be somebody who's like, you know what? God is definitely on the throne of my heart. There's nothing fighting for that. There's not attention wars between different things. So how do we live that out in our daily lives, but also in the world around us? I think, I think the, what you have to do is first understand because your question was we're put or your point was we're putting too much faith everywhere else and we're looking everywhere else and i'm going to keep saying this but you have to go back to the why the first thing you have to do is understand the why why am i when i hear something on the news why do i first thing i need to do is go on twitter and see <laughs> what other people are saying mm -hmm. why is the first thing i need to do is or the first thing in the morning why is why do i need to know is it because i'm afraid is it because I'm scared? Is it because I feel like I'm missing out? Mm. Why? Okay, so then you get to the why. And usually it's either fear or fear of missing out. Mm -hmm. or Some FOMO? Some, yeah, it's usually, usually the case. And then you can go into, okay, well, how can I replace that with things of God? How can I replace my first thing in the morning news with, okay, let's start here first. Mm -hmm. And you make that kind of more of a habit, more of a habit, and you realize, okay, I'm actually okay not yeah. knowing this. I'm okay if I'm not in a loop about this. Mm -hmm. I'm okay. And I, I'm okay. Mm -hmm. Most of the time, it's just fear that we're trying to cover up or cope with. Yeah. A lot of it is what it is. That's why the Bible says that perfect love, God casts out all fear mm -hmm. to bring us back to him. It's the perfect love. Come to me, come to perfect love to cast out all your fear. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That would be my answer it it's funny because you talked about fear and like fomo uh, i remember this I, I said this a long time ago it was like there's two two different sides of fomo the bad side the good side and when i say the bad side it's like those bad sides where it's like you try so hard to not miss out on anything that's happening um worldly related and there and i don't know if this is even okay but um I like to tend on the side of like the fear of missing out on what God's going to do in my life. Mm -hmm. And that goes to like going back to our daily habits of like, how are we setting ourselves up to make sure we're not missing out on those moments with God in mm -hmm. the morning, in the afternoon, at night. Mm -hmm. And 
I, I don't know. That's just something that's that good. I've like held on to. Um, like we talked about this in the beginning, or we've talked about this before. I mean, it's like waking up in the morning, don't care so much about what other people are doing, but more so like open that Bible app and see what God's like trying to speak to you this morning. Mm-hmm. Sit in that time of prayer. Um, I heard it like this a long time ago. And again, I don't know if this is even biblically correct, but I'm going to say it anyways. <laughs> what <laughs> um, a great entrance know, to whatever right? it is that you're going to say. I'm just going to just put that out there. So don't hold on like, to this. This may be fake or real. <laughs> well, I'm trusting that it's real. So go I ahead. I hope so too. Um, well, there's these moments where we can miss out on what God's trying to like show us or miss out on these moments where God's trying to use us and they get passed on to somebody else because we missed out on that moment. We missed out on that opportunity, whether it's to, t- to talk to someone at Firestone or whatever shop we're at or, or Starbucks or whatever it is because we're so engaged in missing out on what the world has to say when rather we should be like so engaged on making sure we don't miss out on what God's trying to do through us at those Starbucks, through us, through those Firestones. And, and I just held on to that so much now where it's just like always be present, always be ready to listen to what the Holy Spirit is trying to share to you. Yeah, I mean... Moses was more worried about there we go what he saw around him rather than what God was telling him. Yeah, and uh, he didn't get to inherit the problem. <laughs> he got passed over to Joshua. <laughs> so that definitely is a thing. That de- <laughs> I'm glad you know your Bible, Chuck. Uh, you know, I know the pool of Bethesda, but <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that one I know, I forgot the word. I was like, yeah. the pool of Beth. Like, uh, the pool of like, Bethlehem. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's because no, it's because I always want to say Bethsaida. Bathsheba. That's not a baths, huh? Bethsaida. That's what I always want to say. Okay. But it, yeah, obviously. Anyways, no, that's beautiful, Chuck. I like that. (laughs) And like that idea of kind of like flipping that meaning, you know, flipping phone once. Like that is something that I think I I even lose from time to time because that's almost like the sense of awe, the sense of wonder, like, oh man God's doing something amazing like I want to be a part of that you know and uh, I think especially when you've been in the faith or maybe you just attend church as a kind of the routine you definitely forget that God is like working God is moving it's like dang I want to be a part of that you know you lose a little bit of your awe and wonder and I think it's so important to just like come back to that like you said come back to like what God uh, wants to do yeah I don't know I like that I like that a lot. I think um, something that came to my mind when this question was asked is like, how do we focus more on what God would have us do, right? Um, when in First Peter 5, 7, he talks about casting all your cares on God because he cares for you, right? And so I like looked it up and I didn't know that in like the Greek, that word cares, like cast all your cares on him. It means to just like be pulled in a bunch of different directions. Hmm. Like that's what it means. And it's kind of like explaining when those anxieties come that pull you in different directions and all these distractions, everything's coming, you're distracted. It pulls you in a million directions and you don't know what to do with it all, right? Because it's like something that we're talking about to place it in God's hands to cast it and like I looked that up and that means to throw upon not like here you go but like throw upon so it's like throw upon all your distractions and all the things that are pulling your mind your spirit your your physical being in a million different directions like throw them on to Jesus and I think that's one of the most important things that we can do um, especially to start having more faith in God rather than having faith in the world because having faith in a human being and in these things around us is also just distractions is also just like different directions you're being pulled in when ultimately it's like here it all is god you take that because yeah. i'm tired mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and so in just looking that up that gave me a lot of hope and gave me and just like that idea of being pulled in a million different directions i, I when i read that i was like that makes a lot more sense you know because you hear that cast your cares and it's like oh I just feel a little bad. Like, here you go, God. But it's that idea of being pulled apart, you know, pulled yeah. in different directions. It's like, that's lit. I like, <laughs> I like that. It's lit. <laughs> oh, no. I just, I I like that image because I, I like the idea of we weren't meant to to carry this burden 
of the world ourselves mm-hmm. yeah. by ourselves. Yeah. Jesus wants it. He wants us to be in community with each other. Mm-hmm. He wants to carry that for us and have us be surrounded by people to walk alongside with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so just that's such a cool, I just imagine like all these, I don't know, just a really cool image came to my head, like all these different things thrown as far away as possible. God like saying, bring it to me. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like, I'm, he's not burning giving us all these things of the world to burden us with it like well (laughs) you're stuck with this now so good luck (laughs) but he's like this is all here like let me take it from you Mm -hmm. i don't know i think that's such again been saying this kind of phrase a lot but i think that's such a a great image of who god is yeah is taking it for us i mean that's what jesus did on the cross he literally took the weight of the world yes how do and I don't know why we haven't said that earlier, but yeah, <laughs> it's like he, Jesus literally Forgot did about that. that. <laughs> Jesus literally did that. Yeah, he did that. But yeah, all good things. Uh, this is a good one. Yeah. I appreciate talking with you guys. Uh, please subscribe on YouTube. Uh, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. I don't think you can leave a review on Spotify, but we appreciate you guys for always watching, for listening. Uh, share it with somebody. Share it with your grandma, with your friends, your brother, sister, anybody. But thanks for tuning in. Kaylee, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Jake, thanks for being of here. Chuck, you're the man. Thanks for being here. Let's go, Tampa. Oh, yeah, Tampa Bay. I think I want Tampa Bay to win cause, just because your passion for it makes me like, oh, I, I'm kind of down for that. You're a real homie. There's so many Tom Brady haters, though. I know that. So Yeah. I was planning on reading my Bible and praying that day. I won't be able to watch it. <laughs> yeah, actually, we're having a prayer study that day. Sorry. Can you come? Um, sorry. Can you no, that? I have a fear of missing out on that game. <laughs> Basically, we just erased everything that we talked about. I kid, I kid. No, we're just playing with you guys. But we love you guys, and we'll see you later.